to the FBA Profits Podcast with your hosts Zuby and Leland. Broadcasting from California, home of In-N-Out Burger, say no more. Hey, welcome back to FBA Profits. I'm Leland. And I'm Zuby. And uh, today, we appreciate you joining us. We're going to be talking about SOPs. It's one of those acronyms, which... uh, What's it stand for again, Zumi? Standard Operating Procedures. Oh, yeah. So if you don't mind, I'll do a quick story time and jump in as you want, and then I'll hand it off to you. But um, I, I recently, one of the things I really enjoy doing is uh, consulting work. So every once in a while, uh, but with consistency, it seems like I'm consulting for um, medium to small size companies. And a small one reached out to me. And something was broken and they couldn't figure it out. So they brought me in under the guys like, we think it's technical. Can you jump in? And the first issue was 100% technical. There was something that was going on and we got to the root of it. It was buried within a process and buried within some, some data. But as we walked down that path, I started asking the people, um, there's five people, relatively small. All five were stakeholders at varied uh, percentages. And so uh, I started asking one of the folks there, you know, can I see some documentation? Like, can you show me what it is you're supposed to do? And I would get like an email and then a picture via text of something somebody written on a legal sheet. And then um, I kept hounding them like, well, I, I really need to see the next step. What, how's this fit in? What is the next piece? What's the company, you know, policy on, you know, as, as a company, what's your vision for processing this and getting it um, to, to ultimately who their clients were? And the, the one woman that I was working with finally said, you know, we're not a big company. Hmm. We don't do that. We're not a big company. I talked to Joe. These are not their names. I talked to Joe. Joe talks to Mike. Mike talks to Pete. And then they all come back and talk to me, to Sally. And that's how we get the things done. And uh, ultimately, we ended up talking amongst the stakeholders and me about the need for SOPs, even if it's small. And I always go back to a joke that was told to me at one point where there was a process at a really large company that relied on me and my email. And uh, one of the um, senior managers, she said, what happens if Leland gets hit by a bus? Um, I've learned, I've turned that into what happens if Leland wins the lottery and ends up on the beach in Aruba. <laughs> it's a little bit more positive, <laughs> but I'll always remember um, this executive saying that because it, it, it's something to think about. And it's really just one facet of having documentation. And I really don't know too many people who want to stop and create the documentation. And, you know, if, if you're like, and Zuby, you can correct me, if you're like we are, we want to get stuff done. And as, as small business owners, as entrepreneurs, some days it's minutiae, other days it's big, but it's fun, right? We're doing things that we enjoy doing, but stopping to actually sit and write a document about, okay, this is this process. It starts here and it ends here can sound absolutely mind numbing. But in my opinion, it's 100% essential, especially if you want to grow. Then that's the key point. You can't, there's no way to scale a business without SOPs. I agree with you 100%. Uh, and, and there's, you know, as, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who starts their own business or, or who's running their own business, um, 
micromanaging every single step of every single process is never going to get you to the success levels you want to get to. You have to learn how to delegate and you have to learn how to pass on the responsibilities. Yeah, you have to learn how to do each of the steps initially when you first launch your business, but you can't grow the business if you're still doing all the initial steps that you did when you first launched it. So in order to pass it on to someone else, if you don't have steps written down and those procedures you know in sort of set out on a piece of paper or on a template that you can then pass on to somebody and have them read it and be able to follow those steps and take care of the the that process uh then you're not going to grow i agree with you 100 percent. and i find that people uh most times uh whether they're managers or you know business owners by the time they realize they need this, it's almost it's almost too late, right? Now you're putting out a fire, so it becomes a document that is just a process, and um, it's not. It's it's an operating procedure. So in some ways, in my opinion, a good SOP will also have vision and tone about. It's not just a, a workflow. You know, first put the widget in the machine. Second, press the button. That can be a facet of it. But there's larger overarching uh, components to it that allow for management to really you simplify a manager's job by having proper SOPs in place because they know ex- precisely what goes in and what goes out. Yes, um, especially for larger companies. It, and if you're growing, you need you need people to know their marching orders, right? You're responsible for and here's beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking back to the the group that I was uh, helping and shining the light on the fact that it had no documentation, there was so much overlap between sales, operations, ownership, you know, who was signing, who wasn't signing, purely because those roles hadn't been, you know, assigned. And so uh, proper documentation allows people to know, oh, this is my lane. This is where I can operate. It doesn't mean they can't participate in the conversations outside of it, but at least for a day-to-day, it mitigates people wasting time or overstep. There was a lot of conversations in that group where you're not sales, stay out of the sales channel. You're not operations, stay out of the operations channel, which doesn't get anybody anywhere. But I also find that with those SOPs, you're able to maintain quality of what you're doing um, much better. There's going to be a consistency to how you... um, you know, run your uh, business. And, and of course, as you bring people in, you can hand them this and say, read this. That's part of their, you're, you're providing a way of training to those who are new to the, to your system. Yep. And, and you're also making sure that uh, nothing is uh, not done. Um, you know, it's some, the, there's so many things that, especially a new person when they come in, there's so many things they have to learn. If you don't, if they don't have an SOP to follow, then it's very easy for you to forget to tell them about one step or one process. Or from a larger uh, company's perspective, uh, it's very easy to to miss having one executive review it or having one step not done. Mm-hmm. And that one step initially might not seem like a lot. But if that person that is doing it and is getting trained in doing it just never learns that step, and it it can have a a detrimental impact on the business uh, in the long term. The flip side of that, too, is so let's say you have your process lined out. You have somebody, whether they're new 
uh, to your company or new to that part of the business, they can read through it. And let's say there's four steps and they say, hey, this third one doesn't make sense to me. Why wouldn't you do it this way? Absolutely. Now you've learned it's an opportunity to learn something new. They could be right. They could be wrong. It shines light onto whatever it is that you're you're doing, but allows you to have a framework where everybody's on the same page. Uh, and I've actually seen that where there's an SOP and you're like, why is somebody asking? Why, why do we do it this way? Because it works. And then you listen to why they're asking and you say, oh, here's an opportunity to actually improve the system from another set of eyes, which is a huge, um, if you're going to try to do it yourself and you have any, um, the businesses of any size, uh, I recommend listening to as many people as possible in that business uh, while you're doing it. Um, So what I'm saying is tell people what you're writing or that you're putting this together and ask for what they do or their feedback. Not necessarily like, please review my document and tell me how, how it reads, but talk to people. What, what do you do? You know, even if you know, what do you do every day? What is it, what is it you're doing? How do you do it? Um, sometimes just people stopping to think of what they're doing, it improves their grasp of what they're doing, but then it helps feed your document. And I think you were alluding to it by, you know, uh, delegating. It's nothing wrong with telling your employees, I just need you to write a quick outline or on a napkin or if they really want to go for it, a, a full Word document. But tell me what you do and how you do it. Um, it, it can be very insightful, but I, you have to, uh, it, for me, as the manager I was, I needed to know as much as possible. It can always be left out of the final document, but uh, you need as many uh, voices in this case as possible at the beginning, the information you know gathering stage. Absolutely, and and, and creating SOPs isn't isn't something that gets done in, in a day. Um, mm-hmm. You know that when after going through all the processes of of you know talking to people and getting them to and you know. If, if you're a larger company and you have employees and you're managing employees, having them uh, give input on, on all the different steps that they're doing, the, the final step of implementing it and testing those SOPs is one of the most crucial steps because uh, you're going to you're going to find ways or you're going to find out what is working and what is not working through that implementation. And once you have an SOP in place, it's also very important to continuously test it. Um, you know, don't just forget about it because uh, businesses change, things change uh, over time. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't mean to jump all the way to the end right off the bat, <laughs> but it's, it's important to keep in mind that uh, an SOP from a from a medium to larger size company is is uh, is a is a very uh, it's it's a living document it 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 will continuously be updated and and grow with the company uh, whereas for for us uh, smaller companies uh, you know the ones who have uh, less than what are fifty employees or, or or less than ten employees or no employees. Um, it, it it's still important. It's you know we don't for me especially I'll I'll speak from a personal experience when I first jumped onto the Amazon bandwagon and 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 started opening my uh, my wife opened our business uh, our store and we started purchasing products and taking them and selling them out of the garage basically you know we're prepping them and packing them. I didn't have any SOPs and you know we I had I I, I learned the steps and I was learning how to do them but uh, there was no you know, it, it was trial and error. 
I had a training program that I had gone through and looked at, but that training program was a general program. There was no SOPs that came with it. Um, since then, you know, we've grown to a warehouse, we have employees, and I've implemented SOPs specifically for every um, part of the business um, as we grow, uh, whether it is for uh, receiving inventory and prep and packing, uh, our products, whether it's prep and packing client products, uh, whether it's um, you know how well, you and I have SOPs for um, our uh, VAs to to do um, to to research and uh, and go through our pro- profitable ASINs list um, after the uh, you know after the AI goes through it. Um, so the, you know it, my point being that um, SOPs are are important no matter what stage of your growth in your business you are, whether you're starting out or you're already established or you are a giant, uh, you need SOPs in place. And when we talk SOPs, it's not, you know, that that we're not talking ISO 9000 where, you know, it's the international, it's a huge document. We're not nowhere near there. We're, mm. we're talking about starting out with something as basic as a checklist uh, mm-hmm. for, for the things that you do on a daily basis to run your business. If you're an Amazon reseller, what do you do on a daily basis to run your business? Just jot it down. Um, you know, you don't just, what happens if, if you aren't there, but you want your business to run? If somebody, you want somebody to be able to read your instructions on what you do and be able to copy it and, and, and follow it and do what you're doing, even if you're not there. Otherwise, your business is going to sink if, let's just say you get sick or you can't do the job but for whatever reason or if you're trying to grow and you hire people but but you have to verbally tell them or you have to watch them and you know hey do this this time do this this time it it, it takes a lot of time out of your day but if you you, as you do your work just jot things down like like Leland said the more the better because you can always cut it back but Jot it down, you know, create a, a, a checklist, create an outline, and then just keep adding to it. How are you doing it? Create a diagram, create, you know, th- there are so many different ways to create SOPs, but you want to make sure that you are as detailed as possible so that as you grow and you pass the, the, that uh, task on to somebody else, they're able to do it without much oversight by you. Yeah, I'd agree. And think of your audience, right? Who is this for? So if you're you're just starting this path, you're, you're it's your first time into being your own boss. It's just you. Maybe it's you and your spouse or a loved one in the garage. Um, you probably don't have to do too much, right? I mean, you know who it's for. It's for you. It's for the other person or both of you. Um, but just make sure you know what your um, throw a business term, your scope, right? What are you trying to define? Is it your buying process? Is it the decision-making process that you make? I picked these because the ROI is here and our budget is here. What, just make sure you under, understand um, what the scope is. So if you know who you're writing it for and you know sort of the scope, right, the boundaries of the, the playing field, it'll be much easier. And you can go online and you can find a plethora of templates. And you're going to find some that are, you know, uh, what I would call uh, like left or right. They're flow charts. You, you know, we start with here. There could be a decision. Maybe it breaks out or just one to the next box to the next box. And if that's visually how you see things, great. There's top to bottom where it's hierarchical. Those typically are better for large organizations where there's layers. 
you know, you have that upper management and then a middle management and then lower and supervisors and then the worker bees and all that kind of good stuff. But then there's also just like what you're saying, a checklist. I think of like a bullet point, just simple, very simple stylistically. And all of those can happen and it can be handwritten, it can be digital. But I think if, as long as you're framing it with, you know, what's the, why, who is this for? Who's ultimately going to read this now? And especially if you're thinking of it as a living document, because if you do grow, that audience will change. But um, it, it, think about who it's written for and then what the scope is. And it, it won't be quite as as big. I mean, obviously, if you're 12,000 people in the company, it's going to be massive. But I think we're really trying to address those who are interested in you know, the profitable ASIN experience. So uh, at least for the time being, it's not a large scope. It's not more than any one person can chew yeah. and, and in my opinion the, yeah the, the the what why and how is is also important because you want to also have ways to um or, or, or metrics to judge what the the success of the sops mm. um it, the, there needs to be um a level of understanding and comfort with knowing that hey this SOP that I've created works because look step one is successful 100% of the time step two is successful 100% of the time and you, you have ways of, of, of judging those metrics to make sure that even if one of them you know is not 100% well now you know and you can go back and refine it to fit to, to fix it but it's it's continuously working on it to make sure that you get it right um, from personal experience, I can I can testify that this saves so much time for you. Just taking the time to actually implement an SOP uh, for your business, especially when you're smaller and as you're growing, it takes so much time off for you to be able to do other things once you have grown and once you're able to um, to to pass this on. And um, on the flip side, there are certain things that you will do in your in your business and in, in the day to day operations that are not things that you do continuously. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, you will do them maybe seasonally. Um, you know, if 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 you are uh, prepping for Q4 as an Amazon seller, your steps that you do and when you do them is very different. Um, during the second half of the year than they would be for the first half because you're not necessarily prepping for Q4 on the first half of the year. You're actually uh, coming off of Q4 and, and the steps that you need to take to make sure that you review your inventory at the, after the end of the year and all the different things that you have to review and make sure got done. And if there's dead inventory and dead stock, what do you do with it? That's a whole different procedures than you would be doing at the end of the year. So if you do one SOP in January and then for you know another year or, or, or nine months or 10 months, you never go back to look at it. Well, when January comes back around the next year, you won't remember it. Mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't written it down and you don't have those steps already somewhere that you can just pull up and review, you're not going to remember all the steps. It's, it's going to take you so many hours just to try to remember or do your research again to figure out, hey, what was it that I was supposed to do? Um, having those SOPs in place really saves you a lot of time. I appreciate how you said that too because a um, couple of thoughts come up. One is 
and I wish I would have said this at the top of us, the, the podcast is this is not a business plan. The SOP is very different than a business plan. Business plan is almost set, right? You mm-hmm. you have your marketing plan, you have your money plan. It's just all the components that go into a business plan. And it's it's not a living document. Business plans will change and morph over time. But in a statement of, of um, uh, standard operating procedures, they can change month to month. And they like cyclical for sure. I, I know for me, there's things that I do that I won't touch for a month or two. And without the documentation to crack it open, it's really about stimulating the memory mm-hmm. at this point. But if it's somebody else that I need to delegate it to, if I'm falling into the small business person's trap of being a fireman, and what I mean by that is it can be very exciting to put out fires all day long. It can be very fulfilling in, oh, I got, you know, this thing broke. I got to run over here. This is, I got to go do this. I have to do that. Oh, I have to sit down and brainstorm this thing again. I know I did it last January, like your example. And then you do it, it can be very exhilarating. That will not be conducive to growth. You will continue to be a fireman through your entire arc of, um, you know, being involved in, and I think this applies even to being a manager at a large corporation. Uh, I, I, and I'm only speaking from experience where I've, I've fallen into that trap of being uh, the fireman. Um, but an SOP lives. It's, it's a living document. And it can be time-related. This one's for January. This one's for February. Or it could be one that you review. because, And we've seen this, you and I, uh, and let out a little secret sauce about ProAsins. At one point, we were looking at those BSRs, and we realized pretty much anything over about 50,000 in ranking is not worth our time because once we do the final vetting out of is this worth doing and going after or sharing with those who are subscribing, it was a resounding no. So we started with an SOP of, hey, 100,000 or less is good. And what we found is over time by reviewing it saying this one line item in the SOP needs to be changed from 100,000 to 50,000 and we have improvement. Without it being in that document, <laughs> I would forget in a few months, like, why, why do we click this? Why is this over here? Right. But the, it becomes that, uh, the rule book and it can be altered. It's, it, it's, it's a living, breathing document for, for your organization and for your people. And, and just to sort of take it to a little bit of a different level. Um, mm-hmm. one of the other tools that I use that are, that's not a SOP, but it, I, it, it works well with, my SOPs is an annual calendar. Um, and what I, what I do is I have a 12 month annual calendar, you know, boxed out and I print that page out where I, I type in all the different things that I need to do that month, every single year for my business. And what I type in is what the SOP is. Um, you know, so if, if, for example, come, uh, the the time to pay sales tax, which is four times a year. I have a link directly to my SOP for how to file a sales tax with my mm. state. That that uh, that link takes me directly to my SOP that I have. So I don't have to think, hey, which website am I supposed to go? Where do I get the the information for line one that the uh, state is requ- requ- requesting? Where do I go on my Amazon account? to get the information for this line, everything is already typed out there. Um, and and I, can, I can promise you that if, um, if you are an Amazon reseller, although Amazon collects all of our sales tax right now for 40, 
46 states, I believe it is now, uh, or 48 states. Uh, even though we don't, we no longer have to pay uh, any more any money to our state uh, for for our sales tax. We still have to file the sales tax, <laughs> and the numbers that we file have to match what Amazon's sending them. So, the the steps are still there. You still have to go through each quarter and fill out the 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 document or the online form for your state um, and file those tax returns. Well, if you don't if if you don't have it on your on your wall calendar or on your annual calendar, then uh, you could easily forget. Um, it's 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 a it's a static date. It doesn't change from year to year, from quarter to quarter. It's a very static date. So you know you have your annual annual calendar on the day that or on the month that it's due, you have you've written down or you have a link uh, to where your SOP is and then you just open it up and it's a five minute process. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, it could be a three hour process trying to figure out where, where, where can I get this information? Because some of the data that they ask for is is not intuitive. Um, so, you know, having an annual calendar, having SOPs are very important. The annual calendar, we it's something that we do share with our students in our coaching program. And it, it's specifically designed uh, for Amazon resellers. Um, and it, it's, it's really invaluable because what, what it does is there, there are specific dates that you want to start prepping for Prime Day or you want to start prepping for uh, Q4. There are specific dates uh, that you want to make sure you get uh, the reports that Amazon uh, generates for you for, say, tax returns, you know, your year-end tax returns or uh, your profit numbers or your returns reports or whatever it might be. We have very specific uh, timelines for those and having uh, an annual calendar of, that you can visually see that, hey, in January, I have these 11 things I need to make sure I do. So then you transfer those onto your weekly and daily calendar. It makes life so much easier. It makes you so much more productive than if you just try to, like, you know, Leon said, be a fireman and try to put out the fire as they come up. Yeah, and take all of this with a grain of salt, too. Uh, there's different levels to engage. Uh, I think you and I like being organized and uh, like thinking ahead. Um, but, you know, just try it. Take one step, one step in that direction, see if it works or doesn't work. I mean, certainly not. Uh, there's no one right way to, oh, you know, be organized or do a calendar. But uh, we do share that 12-month annual calendar with those key dates, which uh, great Sorry, lesson learned. What? It's, it's, it's my way or the highway. And my way is always the way. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. Yes, it's, it's our Heading podcast. The highway so right my now. way is the way. <laughs> it's a horror story. I, I sat next to a guy in biz school who may be the most organized person. He had 15-minute buckets in his Outlook calendar for everything. So he had time to read, time to study, and he had reminders that were just firing off every 15 minutes for him to do something. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, you know what, man? That guy does so much. I'm going to try that. And I think I did it for about three hours. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm thinking ahead to the next 15. So again, just a grain of salt. Step in the right direction. You know, uh, document what it is you're doing. Uh, High level is good. You can get more detailed. Only if you want to grow. And uh, I would add only if you want to really succeed, you can have marginal success uh, winging it and being the fireman. But uh, being organized, knowing what's coming, uh, having some documentation, uh, there's really no substitute for it. 
Hundred percent agree. Anything else on uh, SOPs? Uh, no, I think I think we we covered it pretty well. If if there are any questions or anything, and and you know, you can always reach out to either Leland or I, um, either via our um, emails or social media links or through this podcast's comments, uh, and we'll be more than happy to share uh, our knowledge with you. Yeah, and I invite you. I mean, you've made it to the end of yet another uh, podcast. Leave us a comment. Let us know what we're doing, not doing. Uh, that works for you as a listener. Um, you can always leave comments on our uh, Facebook group, which you can find by in the search bar typing in Profitable uh, ASINs, or you can go to our website, ProASINs, P-R-O-A-S-I-N-S dot com, and uh, scroll down to the Contact Us section. You can jot us a note and we can get back to you or you know just tell us how fantastic we are we love hearing that yes we do okay <laughs> thanks again Subi. thank you buddy you got it okay. thank you for listening to fba profits Visit us at our website www.fbaprofits.us for more details like our Facebook group and Twitter for timely news and events.